Before we get into the episode, I am thrilled to announce that the EntreMD Business School is open for enrollment. The EntreMD Business School is the only school of its kind for physicians who want to build six, seven, and multiple seven-figure businesses. Over the last two years, we have had hundreds of doctors go through the school with unbelievable results. Some of them run brands, some of them run private practices, some of them are coaches, some have other kinds of service-based businesses or product-based businesses. And we've had people come in and cross the six-figure milestone, cross the seven-figure milestone, cross the multiple seven-figure milestone. You will be in a place where you You'll get the coaching, the community, the accountability that you need to thrive as an entrepreneur, especially in the times that we're in. So maybe you've been following me for a while. Maybe you've been getting so much out of the EntreMD podcast and you've been wondering, how can I work with Dr. Una and the community more? Well, this is your chance. Come join us in the EntreMD Business School. It is application only. So go to EntreMD.com forward slash business to turn in your application. I cannot tell you how many doctors have made statements like this. I recovered my investment in the first week. I recovered my investment in my bank account in the first 90 days. This is the best investment I've made in myself ever. I want you to have that kind of story, not just a story of building a great business that serves a lot and earns a lot, but having a business that gives you the freedom to live life on your terms. So don't wait any longer, entreemd.com forward slash business. And now for the episode. Hi docs, welcome to the EntreMD podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you embrace entrepreneurship so you can have the freedom to live life and practice medicine on your terms. I'm your host, Dr. Una. Hi docs and welcome back to the EntreMD podcast. You are in for a treat today. Today we are going to be looking at the anatomy of an EntreMD right? So if you play your cards right, if you develop all these business skills, if you learn all these new things, what could your path as a physician look like? That path that will lead you to financial freedom, the path that will lead you to being able to live life and practice medicine on your terms, working how long you want to work and making as much as you want to make. This is going to be really great, okay? Something very interesting happened when I got my first job as an attending physician. So I need you to think about this, right? We're talking years of medical school, grueling years of residency, working 80-hour work weeks, looking forward to the end. And the end was 2008 for me, right? Looking forward to the end when I'll finally be done with all this stuff and I finally would have accomplished what I wanted. I'm an attending physician I'll be my own boss. I'll be seeing patients. I will finally be earning some money. This is going to be great. Or so I thought. And I had anticipated all that, right? The boss, the paycheck, you know, the prestige. Not in a prideful kind of way, but we'd worked hard for this stuff. So this was, you know, return on investment time. And I still remember very clearly my first day on my first job. Um, I got a job in a solo practice in... Stockbridge, Georgia, and the pay was good. My boss was great. Uh, introduced me to the staff. I talked to all the, you know, people that I know, like, look, I'm about to start. I need tips. And, you know, because now the buck stops with me. I was now a big boss. And it was great. So I had my first day, I think it was October 6th of 2008. And I got in there and I saw the first patient 
and I think it was ringworm or something the patient had. It was so cold, I diagnosed it, sent the prescription, all that. Ha! First patient as an attending. And I remember walking out the room, and rather than being super exciting, I became sad. And it was very shocking to me. I was like, okay, this is a weird reaction. And the sadness came from all my life in my pursuit of becoming an MD, I had something to chase, right? When I was in high school, I was chasing great grades and all this stuff, so I would qualify to get into a great medical school. And the entire time I was in medical school, I you know, was working hard because I wanted to get into a great residency program, so I had a vision in front of me. And then when I was done with um, medical school and I got into residency, then my big goal was I'm going to become an attending. So there was always something I was chasing after. And now I'm an attending. And I'm like, okay, so what's next? You know, do I just do this? Like rinse and repeat from now till I'm 65? Like, wait, wait, where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? For the first time in my clinical career, I didn't have a roadmap. And maybe you started a practice or maybe your thing was, you know, I wanted to get this kind of job or earn this kind of money. But to a certain extent, it's not, the roadmap isn't there. Like from here, where do you go to? Okay. So now over the years, that's changed. I have a roadmap, right? I know where I want to go. I know what I want to accomplish. Um, it's probably not in a book written anywhere, anywhere but I have a roadmap. And it, it took a number of years, but I figured it out. And that's what I want us to look at today. What does that roadmap look like? Now, to understand it, I'm going to take you to the NBA. And, you know, you guys know I love basketball and a lot of the reason why I love basketball, I don't play any of it, and I'm 5'3", so, you know, um, <laughs> the reason why I like basketball is we as physicians can learn so much from it, so, so, so much, from the players, from the sport. It's really great. So I'm going to take you back to the NBA. Now, like physicians, they worked all their lives to get into the NBA, right? Um, you know, they, they went to the basketball camps. They spent summers working on their game. Um, they, they got, you know, great coaching. They chose schools based on what would make it easier for them to get in. All, the, all their lives, they've worked at it. They've broken bones. They've sprained ankles. They've spent a lot of money. They did everything. Everything was for the NBA. But when they get into the NBA, they don't feel like I've arrived, which is the way we feel when we become attendings in a certain way, right? Like, whew, I made it. They realize, it's like, whew, I made it. Now the work begins, right? Now the work begins. And that's the way we need to think as physicians. Like, I worked hard and I got here. And my thing was, I, I deserve to rest. Like, I've been working for so long. And their thing is, whew, I made it here. This is great. Now I'm going to milk this as much as I can. I'm going to make the best of this opportunity. And that's the way we need to think as physicians. They're clear when they get into the MBA that it's a new start. It's not an end. 
When you become an attending, it is a new start. It is not the end. So there are two kinds, you know, two, two ends of the spectrum. There are two kinds of NBA players, right? Some come in and leave. And within five years, they're bankrupt, right? I mean, the statistics show 60% of NBA players are in some kind of significant financial distress five years after they leave the league. But then there's this other 40% that come in and they recognize, I'm a business. Like, I'm a business. And this is what their roadmap looks like. And this is what our roadmap should look like as well. So first phase is their active phase. They come into the NBA, they're playing, they have to work their numbers, they have to work their shooting percentages, they have to work on their weight, they have to work on their speed, they have to work on being the person that their team can depend on. They are working to build their notoriety as a great player. So that's the active phase, right? And that's the phase of, you know, you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. You know, you work, you get paid, right? So that's phase one. A lot of NBA players stop there, but not the financially smart ones or not the smart ones, period. Once they build that, I'm a LeBron or I'm a Charles Barkley or I'm a Stephen Curry or I'm a Kevin Durant, right? I, you know, I'm really good at, you know, three-point shooting or I'm really good at defense. I'm the defensive player of the year, all of that. Once they've built that in their active career, the next thing they do is they start building phase two, which is their leverage career. And in this part of their career, what they're doing is they're leveraging the name they built in their active career to build something else. So that is where you see them doing endorsements. That's where you see them on music videos. You see them in movies. You see them speaking on stages. Uh, it could be motivational. It could be whatever. Um, you see them doing these things, um, starting companies and the rest of them. Now, they still have to have some skin in the game. So it's not passive, but it's not as active as the active phase. It's leverage. They're building on what they've already done. All right, so that's phase two. And then phase three is their passive phase. This is where the smart ones would have taken earnings from their active career and earnings for their le leveraged career, and they're plugging it into passive streams. Um, some will do stocks, a lot will do real estate, um, a lot will be silent partners in businesses, but it's passive. So b being able to earn money or being able to make money in a business is not an end in itself. You have to figure out where you're going to park the money, right? And a lot of them will park them in real estate. This is what a smart NBA player does. This is the NBA player that does not show up as a statistic, you know, 60% are in financial distress in the first five years after leaving the league. They start with active, fully aware that that's only one third of their career. They go from active to leveraged to passive. That's the sequence. That's the anatomy. That's the roadmap. Okay. So it is a disservice to everybody, including the player, for the player to start with active and stop there. 
Because what that means is you had all these opportunities, but you didn't take advantage of them. In the same way, as doctors, we have these three phases of our careers, and it's up to us to use all three. Traditionally, what has happened is we stop at active phase, right? So active phase for a physician would be, I got a job or I started a practice that can't work without me, right? So you're a solopreneur, okay? Now, in that phase is you work, you eat, you work, you eat. If you don't work, you don't eat, okay? That's the active phase and it's great and we all have to start from, from there and we have to be good at it, right? You're not necessarily going to get deals as an NBA player if you're no good, right? <laughs> if you're the worst man in the worst team, nobody's telling you to come be the face for Nike. It's just not happening. So you have to be good at what you do. You have to be good as a clinician. You have to be great. Now, once you're done with that, you still have two other aspects of your career. You have the leveraged and you have the passive. So what would leverage look like for a physician? Um, maybe you've done this and now they make you, uh, you know, the CMO at an insurance company, right? And you, you know, you've leveraged that is still active, but not as active. Maybe you've built your practice and you've put systems in where you're now the CEO of your practice. So you have four or five doctors working with you and you work one or two days a week. That's leveraged. Maybe you're speaking based on your depth of um, research or how vast your experience is. You're speaking on stages and making income as a speaker. You are leveraging what you've had. Okay, maybe you start off non-clinical businesses. Maybe you have a product line, um, you know, whether it's, you know, people have done accessories, they've done skincare, they've done apparel, like all kinds of stuff. Um, maybe you're a content creator, right? Maybe you create online courses, whatever it is. But now you're leveraging your expertise as a clinician. Now, are you're still working, you work and you get paid, but it's more like you work and you get paid, 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 as opposed to you work and you get paid in your active phase. So this is leveraged. Maybe it's coaching and consulting based on your years of experience. I have, you know, a client who had for years worked with emergency departments to help them build their workflow efficiency, increase their door to doc, uh, decrease their door to doc times and all of this stuff. And now she can leverage that and pivot it and make that a consulting firm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this is all leveraged. I built a practice from the ground up. It's nine years old at this point. It's thriving. It has systems. It works. If even if I'm not there, there are many doctors who want to build practices, I can consult with them and help them because I've done this for almost a decade. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is all leveraged. When you leave that on the table, there's so many things you want to give expression that you can't um, because you've not embraced it. Okay. So leverage, this is where you can live out purpose. You can live out your passions. But in order to do that, you must have business skills because business is the vehicle that you use, right? We live in an economic world. Business is the vehicle. 
The third is the passives. I need you to imagine you were disciplined as a doctor in your active phase. You only took out 10% of your gross income and you made sure that you put it away to invest in real estate. If you were earning $200,000 a year, that means over the course of 500, 500, five years, you would have had $100,000 in real estate to which you're like, well, that's not enough. Well, it depends right? Because if you're buying a $500,000 property and you had to put 20% down, that is hundred thousand, <laughs> right? So, and that's just looking at it one way. There's so many ways to finance these deals and stuff, but you have stuff that is passive or you invest in syndications and all that kind of stuff, but you're parking your money, right? Cause it needs to be parked. Um, if you did stocks, I won't talk a lot about it because I'm, I'm more of a real estate kind of doc. I'm not really a stock doc, you know, but you took all that money and then you started speaking and coaching and consulting and doing all of that. and use that to bankroll your real estate investment. You know what I'm saying? Then you can choose at 50. I just don't want to work anymore. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can choose how long and how hard you want to practice medicine because you have financial freedom. You have to have financial freedom, right? So think about it. If you only do the active phase of your career, you did a third of your career, okay? You did a third. You left so much on the table. And it's not just money, but you left a lot of opportunities, a lot of lives you could have touched, a lot of changes you could, you could have effected. You left all of that on the, on the, on the table. So what I'm going to ask you today is I want you to take a look at your career and commit to do all three active leveraged and passive. You know, what would that look like for you? Passive is where you build financial freedom because working for money is great that we can work and earn a great salary and all of that. But the ultimate is always your money working for you. So you want to generate it in active and leverage and park it in passive and let that money work for you. Okay. You become the boss of your money, not the other way around. So don't stop at one. Don't stop there. Okay. Don't stop at a third. You're an entree MD. Do three out of three. Okay. Now I want to give you a gift today <laughs> and I want you to read it and I want you to start thinking more about your leveraged career and your passive career and what that would look like for you. So for today, I have a free gift. It's a book that I wrote called Three Ways to Make Six Figures as a Physician Entrepreneur. And what it will do is it will jumpstart your way of thinking. Like I'm, I'm great. I'm a great clinician. How do I pivot and get into my leverage, right? There are tons of ways, but I talk about three ways in this book. So I want you to go to www.entremd.com slash ebook. Okay. And you can get it. You can download it. It's an easy read and it would totally transform the way you think. All right. So entremd, so E-N-T-R-E-M-D.com slash ebook and get it and make sure you share it with another physician entrepreneur. Okay. So you may be saying, but I don't want to start a practice. I don't want to start a business. I love my job. And so this is, doesn't apply to me. It applies to you like a whole lot. Okay. 
because the principle of an entre MD means that you work for yourself, okay? You work for yourself no matter who pays you. You work for Dr. You Incorporated, okay? I have a client who works a job and she loves her job. And on our first call together, I was like, yeah, it doesn't make, I mean, you have a really good deal. You should do this. And you're just three years, four years out of residency. Let's do it, right? Uh, Three years at that point. But I was like, you want to become an entrepreneur though. So what we did was we worked out a strategy where I'm like, you're going to treat this business, this practice as though it were yours, and you're going to make yourself indispensable to the practice. Okay. So she's doing all these amazing things. She starts the practice's YouTube channel, puts them on the map. She starts talking to the patients, building a community, getting them to work um, great reviews. She's doing speaking gigs and people are coming in because of her and all of this stuff. So in that practice, she is an asset and it puts her in such a great position to negotiate for, you know, either raises or extra time off and all of this stuff. And it's all because she decided to be an entre MD, even though she's employed full time. Do you see what I'm saying? This applies to everybody. So I want you to look at this roadmap, to look at this anatomy, and I want you to own your space. Okay. I want you to decide what you're going to do for leveraged, what you're going to decide, what you're going to do for passive. And I want you to start today. I want you to start today. You are an entree MD. You do not stop at just one phase. You do all three phases. You knock this out of the park. Okay. So thank you again for joining me today. Remember you are an entree MD or not just an MD and you have what it takes to build your own pathway from active to leveraged to passive so you can have that financial freedom so you can have real estate investments that pay you more than your first job out of resi- out of residency ever paid you so you can go on the vacation because you want to so you can do a cash based clinic and choose the number of patients you want to see because you want to you are in charge okay so see you same time next week don't forget to share and i'll talk to you then If you love this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on iTunes. As you go about your week, remember, you're not just an MD, you're an entree MD. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode. Until next time.